Hello, podcast listeners. This is the Brendan Brown's Collections of Facts and Theories podcast show. And today I'll just be um, playing the first 30 minutes will be part one of this um, sermon, not sermon, this part of this, my church, Emmanuel Apostolic Church. Um, I'll be playing the first um, part of it, and it'll be the first 30 minutes, and then I'll make a part two, and I'll be the I'll last 30 hey. minutes. Because during the first 30 minutes, he usually does his Bible, not Bible study, excuse me, his Sunday school. And um, the last 30 minutes, he does his church, and he sings, and he does the preaching. So I'm a, I am might be a little late when I started, but it'll be on my TV so you guys can hear the sermon and everything. If y'all can't hear it loud enough, just turn up your volume if you can't. But I'm going to try to make the TV be as loud as possible so you guys can hear it. And if you hear anybody talking or anything, it's probably just me or either my parents. But I'm going to just make sure it'll be right by the TV so you can hear it. So... Just give it this, um, I'm about to see right now what he's doing. Okay, Paul, because listeners, I got on here right now. Here you go. This is my pastor. His name is called Pastor Carl, his name is called Carlton Turner. Oops, my bad, Paul, because listeners, the Wi-Fi is acting up. My bad, my bad, my bad. Pause. Today is lesson number seven from our Living Word series from the Word delivers. Those who humble themselves. Our focus verse is Second Kings chapter uh, five, verses thirteen through fourteen, which reads, "And the servant came near and spake unto him, and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to go to do something, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than?" When he said to thee, wash and be clean, then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and, the, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Our lesson text comes from 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 9 through 14, which reads, A man came with his house, his, with his horses, and with his chariots, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hands over the place and recover the leper. And not and not am or for Pyre rivers or Damascus better than all the waters of Israel, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage, and his servants came there and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do something, some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? 
Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again unto the flesh like a child, little child, and he was clean. So we see here that Naaman, a man of authority, Naaman has a disease, and the disease is leprosy. So we find there, we find here that Naaman came to Elisha, the servant of Elijah, with preconceived notions. Naaman came to Elisha not willing or wanting things to be manifested the way that God purposed for his life. But Naaman came with a perception of what he thought would be the proper manifestation. So the Bible lets us see that when the prophet sends word to Naaman to go to the mighty Jordan to wash, that the that, that the, the um, that Naaman became angry. He was raged because he thought that the prophet should have come out of his house. He thought the prophet should have called upon God. He thought that the prophet should wave his hand or put his hand upon the leper place and that he should recover from his leprosy. But that's not how the prophet manifested the things that God would have him to do. How many times have we perceived in our minds how God should deliver us or how God should bring us out of the thing and it does not happen the way that we intend? How many times have God allowed us to go through or as the old saints should say on the rough side of the mountain just to find that the process that God wanted us to go through was not because he could not do it one way or another, but it was simply to test our obedience and our faith. I think that this lesson is so powerful in the fact that sometimes we get so stuck or caught in our own methodology. And another word I'm going to use is our ideology. Meaning we get stuck in our own methods and our own ideas that we don't take time to, to know and hear and feel where God is. When the fact that the prophet came to Naaman and, and or said words to Naaman should have been enough for Naaman to know that if the prophet sends word for me to wash, then that means I have an answer from God and I'm going to be healed. But that wasn't good enough for Naaman. Naaman, as I said, had a preconceived notion of what he thought the prophet should do or what God should do. And this is what I want us to understand as believers that we have to be careful that we, when we set God or the plans of God in our own notion or, or in our own thinking, and we have a tendency to get upset when God doesn't do it our way. Contemplating the topic, the lesson says, um, admitting we have areas in our lives where we need help can be hard, but that admission allows the rest of 
the faith community to step up and provide care. One of the hardest things that we do as believers is we don't allow or we don't like people to see that we have flaws or we have weak areas in our lives that are still troubled areas for us. We've not overcome certain things. We still battle with certain things. And I think that we need to understand that a thing does not go away just because I don't acknowledge it. A thing doesn't become something else because I don't say what it is. If I have a problem wrestling with faith, then I need to say, Lord, help my unbelief. The Bible said, let the weak say I'm strong. But the first thing that the, that person has to do is he has to acknowledge that he is weak. Naaman was not a man who lacked understanding of authority and power, for he himself was a commander of the army of the Syrians. So therefore, he knew what power was. But how many of you realize that power that we have in this earth means nothing if we don't have a connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. Na Naaman could not command or demand anything of his soldiers. He could not command anything of God or the prophet just because he was a commander of an army. He had to operate in humility and belief. He had to have faith and what was said. And because his faith was more in his process than he was, than it was in the God that Elisha served, he almost missed his blessing. And when we understand that sometimes that the word of God, sometimes we will pray, and sometimes the spirit of God will say to us or put in our leading in our direction some uncomfortable things as relates to who and what we are but we have to be willing to submit ourselves we have to be willing to subject ourselves to the prop prop to the process and the will of God so we see that when Naaman goes and realizes let's go back a little bit that he has leprosy there's a little servant girl who looks at him and says, is there not a prophet that can heal you? So Naaman goes and finds, or goes out looking for the prophet Elisha, and he finds him. So that shows a level of faith, that Naaman went looking for the prophet. And what I'm telling us as believers is that Sometimes we have enough faith to get started, but something happens along the way of when we get started to when we receive the blessing or the miracle that we expect from God. I wonder if we need to just take time to just work on making certain that our faith doesn't fail us between believing and receiving. Somebody says, I'm going to work on my faith between believing and receiving. So when we understand that it's not that, that we don't have faith to believe, it's sometimes we don't have faith 
to receive. So when we look at the fact that leprosy would be a disease that if it were in a present day situation, it would be somewhat like we're dealing with now with COVID-19. Because people who had leprosy had to be exiled or they had to be uh, locked in or set apart from everybody else. And when they had a spot or had what looked to be uh, leprosy, they would have to go to the priest and the priest would pronounce them to be clean or unclean. And if they were pronounced unclean, they had to go away from their family. They had to go away from their villages. And any time they were walking through the streets or anywhere where people were present, they would have to yell out, unclean, unclean, which would give the people an opportunity to remove themselves from their presence. So when people say that there were no occasions in the Bible where we had to be quarantined, then we would have to really reconsider that conversation because the people who had leprosy had to be quarantined from everybody else. Everybody who did not have the leprosy made certain that they kept themselves clear of an individual who had leprosy. So we understand that not only did did Naaman have the disease of leprosy because it had been pronounced that he had leprosy by the priest, but Naaman also had a problem with his heart. And his heart problem was not medical as much as it was that he did not have the right process to believe whatever God would say. How many of us can say that I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, I've been saved, I have a relationship with the Lord, but sometimes it's hard for me to receive what I believe because between believing and receiving, there's a breakdown. And what I'm telling you is you need to begin to investigate your heart and the conditions of your heart. And when we understand that the heart that the Bible refers to is not just the muscle that pumps blood through your body. It's the system that works between your mind and your conscience. And and, and so when you understand that my heart is, is the way that I think, my heart is the way that I believe. Well, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So that means that when I begin to perceive things, I have to have something in me to cause me to believe something greater than my situation or myself. And Nathan couldn't see beyond his situation or himself because he looked at the other rivers that were not as demeaning or as, as dirty as, as the Jordan because he didn't think that he should have to go to a place that was dirty or a place that would be considered beneath him to receive his blessing. But I wonder, is anybody in the house that, that would take the mindset that it doesn't matter where I have to go to meet what I expect God for, I'll do it because I trust that God knows the way that I take. I believe that if God said it, he will do it and he will bring it to pass. So Naaman struggled. He, he struggled because he, he, he became envious of the fact that that, that, that the prophet didn't come out to see me. I'm a man of authority. I'm a man that commands army. I, I'm a man that says, 
the notion that we might be more important than we really are. But but when you understand that it doesn't matter if God doesn't come purposely or, or comes to me personally as long as he sends his word. Uh, because he sent his word to heal them. And I think that we need to understand that God may not physically come to our COVID-19 situation, but he's sending his word. And his word for you and I is Lord with me always, even until the end of the world. And when we know that God is with us, we can rest in the fact that he is our comfort. He is our shield. He is our buckler. Have you ever wrestled with envy? Have you ever wrestled with envy? It's a question that we have to ask ourselves today. And when I ask the question, have you ever wrestled with envy? I don't mean only have you desired something that somebody else had. But I also am asking you, have you ever envied the fact that God did it for her that way? But it's saying to me to do this, this way. Have you ever envied that God allowed her to be healed? But I'm still sick. Have you ever envied that God brought him out immediately, but I'm still struggling with my situation? Have you ever wrestled with envy? And I would say to you, if you wrestle with envy of any sort, it's something you really have to work on because a lot of times we perceive things or we look at things from the outside, but we don't understand what's really going on with the entire process. Because I hear a word that says God puts no more on us than we can bear. And that with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. And, and that means that if God allows me to go the rough way, or he allows me to go the way that seems to be more strategic or harder, that means I can handle it. And, and I think that somebody needs to encourage themselves in this moment and simply say, I can handle it. I don't hear anybody say it. Tell somebody, say to yourself, I can handle it. When, when you understand that I can handle it, it doesn't matter that it seems hard. It doesn't matter that it seems more difficult. It doesn't matter that it seems unfair. If God allows me to go through it, that means he knows that I can handle it. Y'all don't want to have to help me here because I feel the joy of the Lord in my spirit in the fact that it doesn't matter that I have to walk in Jordan. It doesn't matter that I have to go away not receiving it the way that I expected, but the fact that I believe that God has given me a word, and I believe that he said he will do it, I can rest in the fact that it may not come when I want it, but it's going to be on time. I want you to consider this little girl who says to Naaman, is there not a man of God? Is there not a prophet that can heal you? This little girl should have been afraid because of Naaman's authority. But she didn't care. She just wanted to tell the man something about what she heard. That's why it says the Bible tells us to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. Everything in your house may not be perfect. Everything in your life may not be the way that you planned or intended. But can you tell somebody something about the God who has never failed? Can you tell somebody something 
about the God who is always with us. And even when we don't feel him, he's there. Can we tell somebody something about the God that even when we lost loved ones, he comforted us? Can we tell them something about God that when I intended for something to go one way, it didn't, but God brought me through that? Can, can we tell them something about the power of this true and living God? Naaman had to go wash in Jordan. As I said, Jordan was not as clean as some of the other places. And what I want us to understand is that I didn't do any research on this, but I'm just speculating. And if you all would just allow me to speculate just for a second, that I would, I would suppose that because people take mud baths and use all kinds of minerals and stuff on their skin, that some of the some of the, the dirt and some of the mud and other things that were in the Jordan were, were was purposeful for the healing of Naaman's skin or changing it from leprosy to bringing it back to what it needed to be. I don't know that for sure because the Bible doesn't tell me. But but I'm just supposing. If you would just allow me just to suppose. And, and what I want you to understand is that Naaman would not even see that or couldn't know that because he would rather something cleaner, something easier. And saints, what I'm trying to tell you is that what if God allows you to go through uh, some type of sickness or disease that, that every person that you meet while you're getting treatment or while you're being served or while you're being while you're being attended, that you can witness of the glory of God, that when they come in and look at you, they can say, you don't look as sick as they say that you are. And every time they come to, to do their duty or their task to you, you're witnessing to them about how good God is and how wonderful he is and, and how he is so sweet. And, and you've got a smile on your face. And, and, and when they come in looking discouraged, you offer them prayer. What if God allowed you to go through your situation that you might meet that man, you might meet that woman that don't know who he is? And, and that is why we've got to walk in humility so that God can use us however he chooses. It may not be comfortable. It may not be the way we want. It may not be the way we intend. But God is perfect in his will and his way. So why do we get angry when it doesn't happen the way that we intend? Why do we even get offended when we fasted and when we prayed and when we walked, up, walked, walked uprightly before God? Why do we get offended when we know people who have lived less righteous than we do who never seem to have any problems or any situation? Why do we get offended? Why do we grow envious of that? And I tell you, it's because we don't know the will and the way of God. Because you're walking around before God, because you're fasting, and because you're praying, God knows he can trust you. He knows that, he knows that your faith will see you through because you're doing what is necessary to bring your flesh under subjection. He knows that you know who he is. You're in fellowship with him. You're in relationship with him. But the person who has lived less righteous than you, they would fail because they would not know what it is to trust the God that can see you through anything. 
Okay, podcast listeners, I'm about to play part two and make a part two. This is part one. I hope you all enjoy this and have a blessed day.